the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The message this morning is taken from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13. And the message is pursuing the God we know. Uh, This was before the time of uh, GPS systems where you can just punch in uh, the address of of the place where you want to go and it'll take you right there, give you clear instructions. But before uh, there were any GPS uh, systems, uh, a friend of mine uh, wanted to give me an oak desk and he told me that uh, it'll be good if he can if I can follow him to his house so that we can, you know, we can go ahead and get the desk and I can take it home with me. And I asked him for a map and he said, oh, it'll be better if you just follow me. Uh, it'll be easier. I'll be driving a white Mazda. Now, right there and then there were two problems. Number one, there were more than one white Mazda on the road that day. Uh, secondly, I wasn't following him close enough. Okay. So I ended up in Gilroy and went home without a desk just because I was following someone or something I really didn't know. Okay, that, that's kind of what uh, my own spiritual journey looked like. Okay, I was born and raised in the church and... I thought of myself as someone who is a follower of Jesus, and yet for many years in my young life, I was really following a a Jesus that I really didn't know. Okay? So, uh, you, you push forward years and years later in the age of Twitter and Instagram, people are following other people without knowing or even having a personal relationship with those people. That's the kind of society we have today. But let me tell you something this morning. God created us for relationships. Relationship first and foremost with Him and, of course, to each other. And we we find that in the Bible. In Acts chapter 17, the great uh, passage that the Apostle Paul wrote, he said these words, From one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him, 
and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. The Christian life is a journey that requires focus and careful attention. It's possible, loved ones, for us to pursue God without knowing him. It's possible for someone to pursue God but not have a personal knowledge of who God is. And that's what this parable in Luke chapter 11 is addressing. This is commonly called the parable of the shameless, audacious friend. If You can write all of that, okay? In this parable, and we're going to read it momentarily, we get a glimpse, an insight into how, how to pursue God that we can confidently say we know. The question we're going to answer this morning is this, okay, from the parable, okay, uh, how do we go about pursuing the God we know? What does it mean to pursue God? Okay, and as, as just a reminder, when we read a parable, uh, Let's understand that a parable is a fictitious story with a singular meaning. Okay? It's a story with one singular meaning. So let's not get preoccupied with all the other things that this parable is trying to teach. Let's get to the main point of the parable. So as we read, uh, just try to investigate what is being uh, taught this morning, beginning with verse, uh, verse 5 of Luke 11. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and the, the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, fathers, if your sons ask you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks you for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Well, there's a lot of words in there. But we need to ask the question, okay, what is this parable teaching me? Okay? Well, I'm not going to wait until the end of the sermon to tell you what the, <laughs> what the parable means. Or I'm not going to let you figure it out. This parable is all about pursuing the God we know. That's what this parable 
is all about. And that's why I titled this message, Pursuing the God We Know. And this parable gives us three insights on what it means to pursue God. And I want you to pay attention. I hope you have a Bible because we don't have anything to, uh, uh, to, to show you on the screen here this morning because we're outdoors today. Okay? Three insights this morning on what it means to pursue God. Number one, pursuing God means we understand the purpose of prayer. It begins right there. Pursuing God, knowing God, begins with understanding the purpose of prayer. And I know some of you are thinking, well, don't insult my 100-year uh, journey with Jesus. I've been a Christian for a long time, Pastor. I know the purpose of prayer. And I'm not doubting that we know the purpose of prayer. But what I want to see this morning is for us to talk about uh, the connection between prayer and pursuing God. Okay? Uh, people have different ideas of what prayer is. And so it helps from time to time for us to get clarity on this subject. Okay? And this parable uh, really gives us uh, a, a very powerful, powerful foundation on how to pursue God by understanding the purpose of prayer. If you want to know the context of this parable, just go read the first four verses before you get to the parable itself on verse 5. In chapter 11 of, 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 this, of this text, verses 1 to 4, we find that the disciples of Jesus had been observing the life of Jesus so far in their journey together. Okay? They have witnessed Jesus uh, perform so many different things, and he has thought on so many subjects. And yet, one thing captivated his disciples, the prayer life of Jesus. They could have asked him a million different things. They could have asked him, Jesus, show us how to walk on water. I, I would want to know how Jesus did that. <laughs> they could have asked him, how do you multiply that bread? All right? They could have asked him so many different things, but you know what? They observed Jesus' prayer life and they were amazed. And so of, of all the things they could have asked Jesus to teach them, they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay? So that's, that's the first thing, uh, the first clue on this whole issue of pursuing God. It begins with the purpose of prayer. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And of course, we, we memorize this prayer, right? Jesus says, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have, have debts uh, or have transgressed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So he laid it out. But you know what? Jesus was fully aware that his disciples didn't understand the purpose of prayer. They had a model prayer. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying, and they could repeat what Jesus taught them, and they could even memorize. But that doesn't mean, and Jesus knew it, that doesn't mean that they were in complete understanding <laughs> or they had a full knowledge of who the God they're praying to 
really is. Okay? So like, like in everything that Jesus did, and I love this about Jesus, when after he taught them the Lord's Prayer, he began to explain to them what it means. And you know how he did it? He did it through this parable. So it's important for us to understand that. These disciples ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, he did all of that. But Jesus knew they didn't understand. Those are just words. So Jesus has to explain it to them through the means of a parable. And he began to, to, to teach them a parable. Okay, you want to understand the purpose of prayer? It's like this, Jesus says. There was this guy who went to his friend at midnight saying, Hey friend, I have a friend that's visiting me and I need to give him food. I don't have anything in the house. Will you get up and give me something? And Jesus proceeded by saying, And the guy who was, who was inside the house, who was this man's friend, said, Well, you know, I'm in bed. My children are in bed. Uh, we're, we're safe and secure here. I have nothing to give you. I'm not going to get up. But, the, but, but Jesus continued by saying, and here's the twist. This friend who was asking for help began to shamelessly ask, persisted. You know, it was midnight. Around 12.05, he was still crying out there. It's, it's 12.30, he was still crying out for bread. It's 1 o'clock. He's crying out for, be- for bread. <laughs> Maybe at around 2.30, the guy inside the house says, enough of this. Okay, I'm going to give you everything you want. <laughs> I'm going to give you what you need. You know, I'm not doing this because you're my friend, per se. I'm doing this because you just won't quit. All right? You just won't quit. And so, so Jesus said to his disciples, that's what it means to understand what prayer is is it gives us a glimpse of what god is looking for in each and every one of us every time we approach him in prayer every time and it's a completely radically different assumption that we have from what jesus was trying to teach us when it comes to the purpose of prayer and in the pursuit of god Okay, let's, let's examine the details of the prayer a little bit. You know, we, we, we take a look at this. The friend who was crying out came to his friend at midnight. What does it tell us? It tells us that this guy who was crying out in the middle of the night has an emergency. Okay, he was in a very bad situation. And aren't we that way sometimes when we go to God in prayer? Sometimes we go to God because it's, it's, it's midnight in my life, guy, God. This is a dark moment in my life, so I'm crying out to you. Secondly, you know, he was, he was crying on behalf of somebody else, which, which is kind of a noble thing. It seems like I'm trying to help somebody here, God. So, or, or, you know, he's asking his friend. But it kind of gives you uh, his, his level of priority, his, his priority in this whole thing. He was screaming for help in the middle of the night on behalf of somebody else, which, me, which sounds noble, but he simply doesn't care about the friend in the inside of the house. He was caring about the friend that's visiting him. Now, now hold on to that thought. And then thirdly, he was asking for bread. So obviously, he was in need 
All right? He was asking for some provision. So, now let's examine the response of the person inside, the friend inside the house. You know what he said when he heard the cry? Don't bother me. Not a very nice thing to say to your friend. But maybe the friend is saying, you're only calling me because you had a need. That's possible. That's why he says, don't bother me. And then he said, my children are in bed. The friend who is inside the house knew his priority. He knew that his children takes priority. He's a family man. Okay? And thirdly, he said the door is locked. I'm not going to open it because you're crying out to me. Doesn't seem like a very nice response to someone who's your friend, right? But then here's the twist. The friend who was on the outside wouldn't stop. He kept on crying out for help. But he does not value the relationship we had, he had with that friend on the inside. I mean, that's the biggest problem right there. He has a different idea of what it means to cry out to a friend. That's why he got that answer. He thinks he can just barge in to his friend's house and ask for all of these things. That's why he got that response from the friend inside. Okay? In many ways, that's how we understand and approach prayer. We paint an unbiblical picture of God as someone who's just there to wait on us when we are in need. We paint a picture of God as someone who's, who's, who's all about just listening to us and giving us what we want or, 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 or giving us what we need when we ask for it. But the Bible paints a very different picture when it comes to approaching God. I really want us to understand this. There's no, there's no problem with God giving us what we need. I, I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my own life wherein you know, I got things, I got blessings, and I didn't even pray for them. Maybe some of you can testify to that. You know, sometimes we don't even have to ask. God just gives us what we, what we need, provides for us. We wouldn't be here this morning if God hadn't been faithful, right? But we have a different view of what it means to pursue God. But when you read the scriptures, when you find it in, you know, in, in the word of God that there are certain things that, that God wants us to do when we approach Him, especially in prayer. In the Old Testament, can you think you can just barge into God? I mean, read the Old Testament just, just for, for a little bit. Do you think you can just barge in and say, God, I need this? No. You know, in, old, in the Old Testament, before you can approach God, you have to go through so many things. There are sacrifices to be made, right? Sometimes He would ask people to fast first before He approached Him. There, there, there's so many things involved. Some, some altars have to be built. So when we want to pray, we need to understand from God's point of view, praying is more than just barging into His presence. Well, Pastor, you know, we're God's children. Don't we have uh, the liberty and the freedom to barge in? Well, this is, this, this is where it gets critical. How did Jesus teach on preaching. He obviously told this to teach his disciples how to pray. Right? What did Jesus often say? He said, go to your room. When you pray, 
Go to your room, lock the door. What's up with that? I thought I can just be anywhere. I thought I can just go call on God whenever I want. But the Jesus is painting a different picture when it comes to pursuing God. And that's exactly what prayer is. It's about pursuing God. Every time we approach God in prayer, there's always that element of testing from the point of view of God. And sometimes we don't want to hear that because we don't want to go through the trouble of pursuing God. We want something now. (laughs) We want something tangible. We want something that we need at the moment. Just like exactly like what the parable here is trying to convey. But here's an insight. Prayer is first and foremost an invitation to pursue God. That's what prayer is. An invitation to pursue God. When we approach God, we have to approach a God that we know. Okay? Like like this man in this parable, we often think that prayer is, number one, just an obligation by God. Right? We feel that God will respond to our cries because it's His obligation to help us. Hey God, I thought we have a relationship here. When I cry for help, I expect you to respond the way I want you to respond. Uh, we don't pray because we feel that if we, you know, we pray because we, we, we feel that if we don't pray, uh, God will not respond to our situation. But like I've mentioned before, God has no problem responding to each and every one of us when we have a need. I, again, let me repeat, I, 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 there have been many times in my life when I didn't even pray for something and I, and I, I, got, I got it. So there's got to be something more to the purpose of praying than just obligating God uh, to come through for us or answer our prayer. Oftentimes, secondly, we think that prayer is nothing more than to bring protection to our lives. We feel that prayer is nothing more than, than asking God to, to, to discourage the devil from attacking us or, or, or prevent us from going through trials at, and uncertainties in life. But loved ones, prayer is not about God's obligation to us. It's not about God protecting us. It's not about obligation or protection. It's about revelation. When we pray, God wants to reveal himself to us in an accurate way and in ways that we have never seen before. And that's very important when it comes to pursuing the God we know. Every time you pray, every time I pray, our mindset and our heart set must be focused on the fact that God wants to reveal something of himself to us. Not just to, not just to fulfill an obligation to us. Not just to protect us. This pandemic right here, how we pray to God about our lives, has, should have more to do with asking God, God, show me, reveal yourself to me in this situation. That's when our prayer becomes powerful. That's when the power of prayer really begins to take root because we understand the purpose of prayer. God wants to reveal himself to us. We obviously already know the situation that we're in when we pray, amen? (laughs) Okay, I never prayed if, you know, I mean, this is a confession. Sometimes the majority of my prayers, I pray because I can see exactly what's going on, you know, so I can, you know, articulate to God what it is that I want him to do. But prayer goes deeper than that when we pray God wants to reveal himself in that situation, in that cancer diagnosis, in that pandemic, in that car accident, uh, 
in this uh, loss of a job, in this broken relationship. He's trying to reveal himself in more profound ways than we expect because prayer is an invitation from God to know him accurately. Now, here's a verse on prayer that we all have memorized, that we all know already, okay? But sometimes we miss the point, okay? Everyone is familiar with the passage in Scripture in Jeremiah 29.13. I know some of you, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. But this is a very, very familiar passage, a verse in the Bible. It says this, Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. You've heard that verse before. That verse is about pursuing the God that we know. That's the purpose of prayer. Pursue first the kingdom of God, Jesus taught us. Okay, His disciples was, were worried about what's going on. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things shall be given unto you. So, so in, in essence, prayer is about, the purpose of prayer is about pursuing God so that God can reveal himself to us in an accurate way so we never have to worry whether our prayers are wrong or right. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.